Do you really want to have a happy new year? Let's find out how to do that today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Every day, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords invites me into His presence to seek Him. But here's the thing, it's a struggle because your flesh doesn't want to do it. It's the most important thing to seek the Lord. And your flesh is going to fight you on that. But here's the question. Do you really want a happy new year? Because if you do, you will seek the Lord first and foremost. He can heal every scar. This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Thank you for joining us for a brand new year of proclaiming God's truth to a lost and a hurting world. There's a high probability that you greeted someone in the last couple of days with the words, Happy New Year. Did you know that God really and truly desires for you to have a happy new year? The truth is, a happy new year doesn't just happen. There are some things that you and I have to do in order to experience a happy new year and the blessings of God in our lives. Let's get the year started with this message called, Do You Really Want a Happy New Year? And discover that whatever the new year brings, happiness is yours or the receiving. Open your Bible now to Matthew chapter 6. Here's Pastor Jeff to help us understand how to have a happy new year. Think about this. You and I want to be happy. God wants us to be blessed and happy. Why is it that so many people, even Christian people, are so unhappy? Why is it if you look honestly at last year, you say, well, you know, I was hoping for a happy new year. I remember, uh, you know, January 1 of last year, we were saying happy new year and didn't take too long, maybe a couple of hours and I was already having a crummy year. Uh, you know, why is it that we so often are so unhappy? Nobody wants to be unhappy. Have you ever talked to somebody and said, what's your goal in life? Well, I'd really like to be unhappy. I mean, nobody has that. Yet we know lots of unhappy people. Where is the disconnect? Could it be that a happy new year doesn't just happen? Could it be there, there have to be some things that we do in order to experience a happy new year, in order to experience the blessing from God, the makarios, the, the blessedness of God on our lives? I think that is true. Now, many people look at happiness this way. It, it all depends on circumstances. And, and I mean, it's, it's just there in the word. Happiness is happenstance. So whatever happens to you, if good things happen to you, then of course you're going to be happy. But if bad things happen to you, then of course, I mean, you can, how can you expect me to be happy? I, I lost my job. I, I got sick. I had this problem. I had that problem. I had the other problem. So if we look at it as just all externals, then you're just and I'm just, we're just a leaf in the wind. We're just blowing by the circumstances. And if the wind blows favorably, then hey, well, wasn't that wonderful? But if the wind blows south and knocks you down, then it's like, well, I, you know, I can't be uh, responsible for my unhappiness because it's just the circumstances. Listen, God doesn't want us to live like that. 
And the Bible never talks about living under the circumstances. The Bible talks about living over the circumstances. Regardless of the circumstances, we can have the joy of the Lord. We can experience happiness in him. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, that Sermon on the Mount, he talked about people that are unhappy, that are worried about so many things, and he gives us the key to being happy. Matthew chapter 6, I'll begin reading in verse 24. Jesus said this, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot serve God and mammon, God and riches, God and wealth. For this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious. Don't worry for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? Worry never solved a problem. And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles, the unbelievers, eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, I think it's safe to say that if you are anxious, if you are worried, if you are bothered, if you are stressed, you're not going to be happy. You're going to struggle. The, the people who are worried and bothered about so many things, as Jesus said to Martha, those people are not experiencing the blessedness of God. They're, they're under the circumstances. They're so stressed out. I had a friend of mine when Debbie and I were in seminary, and uh, we went to this particular church. The pastor there is still a good friend to this day. Anthony Allen, he said one time about worry, I've never forgotten it. He said the definition for worry, worry is a thin stream of fear that courses through your mind. Some people really, really struggle with worry. I mean, it's just their default setting. They just worry about all sorts of things. Listen, if you're worried and bothered and anxious and stressed, you're not going to be happy and you're going to have physical problems and emotional problems, physical problems. Maybe you can't sleep. Maybe your digestive tract doesn't work right. Why? Because worry will do to your body what sand does to machinery. It clogs up the works. God didn't make you and create you to be able to handle worry. It'll make you depressed. It'll uh, make you on edge and irritable, all these different things. Well, the worried are not happy, and the Lord doesn't want us to live that way. And so, we're going to see from this passage what it takes to really experience the happiness that God has for us. Three steps 
to a happy new year that you can start, I can start today. Number one, we can choose the right master. Do you really want a happy new year? Well, it starts by choosing the right master. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, but everyone is going to serve someone. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and riches. But listen, you are going to serve someone. Joshua, when he was addressing the people, his last farewell, he said this, and if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hey, who are you going to serve? Because you're going to serve someone. You can serve the Lord God or you can serve the false gods of the Canaanites, but choose today whom you will serve. Everyone is going to serve someone or something. Hey, when God created you, and when he created me, and when he created man, he created us with a desire to worship. Man is incurably, unescapably, unavoidably religious because God just created us with this desire to worship. And he's given us a choice. We can worship him or we can worship some other God. Now, Jesus said in verse 24, gave the default for so many people when they talk about, okay, who's going to be my master? Uh, when it's not the Lord, for so many, it's money. Money becomes master. Now, money is a wonderful servant. It's a terrible master. Any master that's not the Lord is a terrible master. But many people, money is the, if you think about your heart and there's a throne in your heart, that's going to be master. Who sits on that throne? For many people, it's money. And that, that's what drives the train. That's what says that this is what we do. We make decisions all based on money. Everything is about money, 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 money. Is that true for you? Hey, is this? I got a new wallet for Christmas. It says Texas. And uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you like it. And uh, anyway, <laughs> is this your God? Not the Texas part, but the wallet part. Is that your God? I mean, we don't like to think about it like that. Like, this would be my God? But for so many years. You know how you can tell if money is your God? Are you worried about money? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. Verse 25, for this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is life not much more than food and the body than clothing? Hey, if you're worried about things that you need, it's a good indicator that money has become your God. And so many people, they serve the false god of money. Now, here's the, the trick with that and the, the struggle with that is everybody needs money to live. You can't live in this world if you have no money. So we need money. But see, we need to use money and worship God, not worship money and use God. And we get that flipped so much of the time. Lots of people, that's their false God, their go-to is money. You know, the other one that people say, well, you know, money is not a big deal for me, but you know what's a big deal for them? Pleasure, pleasure. And they serve the God of pleasure. The Greek goddess Hadene was the God of, goddess of pleasure. 
She was the daughter of Eros. That is sexual love. And Hedone is the goddess of pleasure, mostly with sexual pleasure. And lots of people, they give themselves over to sexual pleasure. And that's the god that sits, the goddess that sits on the throne of their life is, is pleasure. We have the English word hedonism. Hedonism is seeking after pleasure. And that becomes God. We have lots of younger people today. That's what they give themselves over to. It's pleasure. Sexual pleasure. We're just going to do this. And there are no more restraints in our society. When I was growing up in high school, I mean, you just knew girls didn't do that stuff. I mean, the girls that did that, they were particular kinds of girls, but most girls didn't do that. And most guys didn't get to experience uh, those kinds of things. And I wasn't even a Christian, but that just didn't happen very often. This is 19, uh, the late 70s. Now it's totally different. I had a young guy tell me, he said, Pastor Jeff, you wouldn't, un you wouldn't understand what it's like today. I mean, it, it's not even a date. It's just we hook up and then uh, we first meet and, and then we're going to have sex. And so people are going after pleasure with all their hearts. I heard a statement the other day. It just stopped me in my tracks. And it talked about the fact that we have so many uh, more younger people committing suicide. And the statement said this, young people are taking their own lives at a record pace, not because of pain, but because of the meaninglessness of pleasure. See, they've, they've blown their uh, neurons in their brain on pleasure and then the pleasure doesn't, it's not pleasurable anymore. And so when you reach the end of pleasure and it find it meaningless, it's like, what's the point of living? They're not killing themselves because of pain. They're killing themselves because of the meaninglessness of pleasure. So people, they serve the false God of money. They serve the false God of pleasure. And those that reject both of those things, let me tell you what they serve. Because you're going to have to serve somebody. If you reject God and you say, I'm not going to choose him as master, then you know what so many people do? Their default, themselves. Themselves. They, they worship themselves. Because you're going to worship somebody. You're going to serve somebody. My pastor at Champion Forest for years, Damon Shook, he made a statement. And it's interesting, the things that you hear in sermons that you never forget. He said this years and years and years ago. He said, a man all wrapped up in himself makes a very small package. People worship themselves. Hey, who do you worship? Who, who, who do you serve? You can't serve two masters. You can only serve one. Elijah got the people on Mount Carmel, called them together. They were trying to ride the fence of, well, we serve Yahweh, but we also serve Baal. He said, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. Get off the fence. The devil owns the fence. You need to make a decision. Everyone is going to serve someone, and there's only one true and worthy master. His name is Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, John 13, 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. You call me teacher and Lord, kurios, which is also translated master, and you're right to do that. You know why? Because I am. I am the teacher. I am the Lord. I am the master. And I'm the only one who is true. See, in your heart, there's that throne. 
You ask yourself who sits on that throne? Is it money? Is it pleasure? Is it me? Is it somebody else? Anyone other than Jesus, that king is going to fail you. That king will fail you. The only one who's true, the only one who's worthy is Jesus. So the very first step, if you want to have a happy new year, choose the right master. Second step, not only can we choose the right master, but we can seek the right master. Look at verse 31. He said, do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or with what shall we clothe ourselves? Now, remember, he's talking to uh, people who are primarily farmers, people who have to deal with the weather and if there's rain or if there's no rain and those kinds of things. And these are people that don't have a lot of extra. There's no refrigeration. I mean, it's just like day to day. So they can be anxious about, well, where's my next meal coming from? What am I going to drink? What what do I do for clothing? He said, for all these things, the Gentiles, those that don't know God, that's, that's what they eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hey, we can choose the right master, the Lord Jesus, and we can seek the right master. Now, you mark it down. It's a great privilege to seek the Lord. We forget that so much of the time, but it's a great privilege to be able to seek God, that he would allow us to seek him, that he would allow us to find him. Second Chronicles 15, 2, the prophet said to King Asa, listen to me, Asa, And all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. And if you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. I have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to seek the Lord. And when we do it with all our hearts, he said, you'll find me. And you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And he allows us to find him, the God of the universe, the God who spoke the worlds into existence. Universes just drip from his fingertips. He is so great, so mighty, so awesome. All the nations are as nothing before him. They're regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. And he lets us seek him. He lets us come boldly before his throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. I mean, that is amazing. I was reading a story just a couple of weeks ago that Adrian Rogers told about his own life. You know, Adrian's been in heaven now since, I think, 2005. But he said uh, back in the early 90s, when George Herbert Walker Bush was president, W's dad, Adrian said he got invited to the White House and he got to go to the Oval Office and he got to meet President Bush and they were talking and Adrian said to him, he said, now, uh, President Bush, I see that you're going to be in Memphis tomorrow. He said, that's where I'm from. That's where my church is in Memphis. And George said, yeah, I'm looking forward to that trip. And then all of a sudden, uh, just out of the blue, he said to Adrian, he said, "Uh, hey, I'm flying there tomorrow. He said, why don't you come with me and fly on Air Force One and you can fly back to Memphis with me tomorrow. And Adrian said, well, Mr. President, I wasn't planning to stay tonight. I don't have any things ready, but if you invite me to fly on Air Force One with you tomorrow, I'll I'll change my plans. And Adrian said he left the 
the Oval Office and he went and he got some uh, toiletries and things at the store and he was so excited. Who wouldn't be excited to go with the president, fly on Air Force One? And then Adrian said, it dawned on him. I am this excited to be with President Bush on Air Force One and every day the King of Kings and Lord of Lords invites me into his presence to seek him and he promises I'll find him when I search for him with all my heart. Hey, it's a great privilege to seek the Lord. But secondly, it can be a great struggle to seek the Lord. A great privilege. I mean, it was like if, if we understood what a privilege it was, I mean, we would all just every day we'd be seeking the Lord. But here's the thing. It's a struggle because your flesh doesn't want to do it. Your flesh doesn't want to get up early and seek the Lord. What does your flesh want to do? Your flesh wants to sleep in and hit the snooze. I don't don't want to get up. It's cold outside and the bed's so warm and I just want to stay in here. Your flesh will fight you on seeking the Lord. But the scripture says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first. That word seek means to continually seek. It's not a one-shot thing. It's you keep doing it. You keep doing it. It's like when Jesus said, ask and keep asking, knock and keep knocking, seek and keep seeking. You keep it going and you do it first. It's not last. It's first. It's the first thing that you do. That word first, protos in the Greek, means first in time, first in priority, first in place. It's the most important thing to seek the Lord. And your flesh is going to fight you on that. But here's the question. Do you really want a happy new year? Do you really want a happy new year? Because if you do, you will seek the Lord first and foremost. We're going to pause right there for today. But next time, after a brief review, Pastor Jeff will continue asking if you really want a happy new year. Don't miss the conclusion to this message tomorrow. If you do, remember you can listen again online anytime at fromhisheart.org. Click the Listen tab. Before we go, we want to start off the year by first saying thank you. Thank you for the wonderful support From His Heart received last year to help us sustain and grow this ministry. God continues to bless the clear proclamation of the gospel from Pastor Jeff, and people literally around the world are responding like never before. But oh, there are so many more to reach and help grow closer to the Lord. And that's why we'd like to ask you to start off this year by simply asking you to become a vision partner in 2024, starting today. These special supporters are visionaries in that they see their regular monthly support serve as a foundational rock for our outreach, allowing us to financially be secure and be able to expand when opportunities arrive. They also know that we're reaching people who they could never personally impact. They are extending their influence for the kingdom through supporting From His Heart's outreach. So, with that said, we want to invite you to become, this year, a regular monthly giver to From His Heart, a vision partner. And you can do it easily online. Obviously, you can stop at any time, but you'll be assured that your gift every month will continually help us influence countless people from this media outreach. To become a new VP today, go online to fromhisheart.org and we'll thank you with some special gifts. Or you can call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE. 
I'm Larry Nobles, and we trust that today's broadcast has encouraged you to make this next year a happy one by serving Christ in more meaningful ways and fulfilling your purpose in life. And we trust that you'll also be here tomorrow for part two of this lesson called, Do You Really Want a Happy New Year? That's on Tuesday, when Pastor Jeff Shreve opens God's Word to share real truth, real love, and real hope from God's heart. Here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.